Good morning, LCU. It is my understanding that there were several of you here who were asking for me to speak in chapel. Is that right? Well, listen, be careful what you ask for. You just may get it. When they said that Eric was introducing me, I said, do you know me? Because I don't know him that well. He said, do you know me? And he says, everybody knows you. Okay, well, now that we got that out of the way, you know, the last time I was up on this stage in a, uh, I guess, an official capacity, I believe I was handing off a can of blue paint. Right, Zeta? Hey, Zeta! There you go. Now, several students, when they found out I was speaking today, specifically asked for shout-outs, and I always try to honor those requests. I mean, kids like uh, Caitlin and Zoe and Natalie and Marissa uh, asked for shout-outs, and I don't know if I could say their name up here, so I said, I, don't, I might not, so I may not say their names up here today. <laughs> also, my, uh, last night, uh, my uh, friend's uh, CDs are requested the shout-out. Where are you guys at? Oh, my, there you are. Okay. All right, now we get the shout-outs out of the way. Don't boo me, Zeta, okay? I, I, I had to do that. Don't worry, there'll be cookies at the meeting tonight. Don't worry. All right. You know, I was a student here back in the 70s. And when I tell kids that, well, I, well first I tell them I was a student here. And they give me this look as if, you mean the school is that old? Yeah, it is. And I never, ever would have been up here to speak. I'd have been nervous as all get out. I mean, really. Um, and I was a Bible major also. I preached. I had preached for... We've got the Bible majors here. Thank you. <laughs> I, um, and, and I never... I would have been just nervous to speak up here. I mean, I remember some times, though, I was up in front of everybody at chapel. One of the times I was um, just reading a scripture. I couldn't mess that up. So I, I did that once. Then a couple of times I got introduced with the rest of the baseball team because I was the equipment guy for a couple of years. Where's the baseball team at? You guys still with me? You can admit where you Okay, they, they're out over there. Okay. I, uh, I do the uh, color commentary on the uh, internet broadcast now for the home games. And I know some of these guys on the team uh, had beards that seem coming up to the plate and they go, all oh, wearing a beard or a lot of them. So I nicknamed them a Blackwood's Bearded Bunch. Maybe that'll go over. I don't know. Then they told me, a couple of them told me a few days ago that some of them shaved their beards. Grow them back, would you? All right. Yeah, I, I, I did go to school here. I graduated back in 1978. And I was gone for a long time and uh, finally came back to Lubbock in 2001 when my uh, oldest son, Brian, came to school here. I brought him here to school. And I noticed that uh, on the mall that there was a, a bench that says class of 1978 or gift from the class of 1978. And I thought, that was nice of us. I didn't know we'd given the, the school a, uh, a bench. Then several years later, I noticed that the bench got uh, demoted to the other side of the uh, education building. So I may have to take it up with the bench relocation committee to see if we get that bench from my class back out there in the mall. Now, what I wanted to share with you today centers around the question, why are you here? Not necessarily why you're here at LCU. I'm sure there's a lot of great stories out there as to why you're here at LCU. But why are you here on planet Earth. 
I suppose you could say several things. There could be several answers. And I'm not here to analyze all the, an- all the possible answers. I'm not here to reinvent the wheel this morning. What I have to say to you, you may have heard before, and you most likely will hear again. But I wanted to preface what I wanted to say this morning by looking at some of the apostles that Jesus chose to be primarily his go-to guys, men who would be sent for that idea is inherent in the word apostle. It's one of those transliterated Greek words, right, Bible majors? Okay, they were agreeing with me. Okay. I learned that here down the, down the way at CDC. I, I remember that too. Must not have had a ball game that day. I was in class. Um, the men who would be sent to spread the good news of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection to the world. And obviously there would be something special about being personally chosen by Jesus for such a a lofty assignment. But you ever thought about why he would choose these particular guys? I mean, what would you think if you were there and Jesus is choosing a guy like Peter, who uh, I just have to characterize Peter's personality by the words, shoot first, ask questions later, as evidenced by the things he would just blurt out without thinking, as well as some of the things he would do. In John chapter 18, we read of when Jesus was arrested in the garden took out his knife and cut off Malchus's ear. And just not a good thing to do. And then you've got a couple of guys here. Matthew, the tax collector. He worked for the Romans, the hated Romans, who were occupying Palestine. But he was in cahoots with them, at least from a, an employment point of view. And then in the same group, you've got Simon the Zealot. The Zealots were a group who their main goal was to violently overthrow the Romans, get them out of there, whatever it took. And if they had a motto, it would be something along the lines of, the only good Roman is a dead Roman. And can you imagine these two in the same group? That's like having a Trump Republican and an AOC progressive Democrat in the same group. I wonder if there were days where Jesus had wished he'd worn a striped shirt to work because he had a referee between those two occasionally, I'm sure. And then he got Judas Iscariot, pretty much self-explanatory. And Judas's worst characteristic, not so much that he was a crook, not so much that he sold Jesus out for 30 lousy pieces of silver, but for the fact that he was a man who didn't get it. He tried to undo his own sin by returning the 30 pieces of silver. You just cannot undo your sin. We have to let, we have to allow Jesus to forgive us. And I know that's another sermon for another time, obviously. And then you got Thomas was in the group, and he gets a bum rap as downing Thomas. Even though any of us might have reacted the same way he did when he first heard the news of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. In John chapter 20, in verse 25, he said something along the lines of, unless I see the imprint of the nails in his hands and, and, and put my finger in those holes and, and, and my hand in the side... I won't believe. Don't criticize him. Any of us might have reacted the same way. But then you got two other guys who very well could have been related to Jesus. And I'll let the, uh, the more scholarly ones among us debate that issue. James and John. These guys, as I said, could have been related to Jesus, but we know they had a temper. Jesus called them Boanerges, which Aramaic for sons of thunder. 
These were the two guys who, when the apostles were one day passing through a Samaritan village, and you know there was bad blood between the Jews and the Samaritans, and they did not exactly receive Jesus and his apostles with open arms. And James and John say, hey, why don't we call down fire from heaven and zap these guys? Jesus said, no, 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 don't do that. Well, these two guys had what I'll call a stage mother. You know what a stage mother is? Somebody who is all, or a mom, who is always trying to get the best positions for their kids in the, in the play or on the team. Always tries to have the ear of the director, the coach, and try to get their children the, the, the best uh, positions or advantages in whatever endeavor they may be involved in. And one day, it's recorded for us in Matthew chapter 20, um, because she, as well as the others, had a, had a feeling they were in on the ground floor of something really good here. And, and knowing that, even though they didn't know the true nature of what they were in on the ground floor of, obviously, she asks Jesus, um, if you give these two sons a place of honor in your kingdom, one sit on your right, one sit on your left. Now, as you would expect, this request produced a lot of anger, resentment, indignation, among a group that is already quite diverse and has the potential to drive a wedge between them, a wedge that sure didn't need to be driven at this time. So how does Jesus get this particular group past the divisiveness that we read of in Matthew chapter 20 and get them to a place of which we read in Acts chapter 2, where the Bible says they were all together in one place? Jesus does this, does this, by defining for us what true greatness is and informs them, as well as the rest of us, as to not only what true greatness entails, but as to why we are here in the first place. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, beginning in verse 26, and I quote, Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus says, to be great, you've got to be a servant. And so Jesus, what did you do to exhibit that during your earthly ministry? Well, the way Jesus would serve would range from what we'll call the more high-profile uh, things, like calming a storm on the sea, healing people who are hopelessly sick, even raising people from the dead, would range from that down to washing feet. John chapter 13, we read of Jesus doing something. Here is God, all right? Doing something that was usually reserved for the person who was the lowest on the societal food chain by going about and washing the feet of his apostles. What we have to understand, and maybe you haven't really realized this, but our God is a servant first and foremost. How do I know that? When I open up my Bible and I read the first verse, what does it say? In the beginning, God created the heavens, and the earth. In other words, our God was serving us from the get-go. The first thing we read about God is that he's serving us by creating an environment 
suitable for us. And that's something. Our God is a servant. And so if we're going to say, yeah, we follow God, we follow after His Son, Jesus, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we should and will make it our goal to serve others. So how do you do that? Oh my, <laughs> how many ways are there out there? You know, I'm glad that today is what, LCU for LBK, and you guys are getting out there. Many of you are getting out there in the community and serving. But there's a myriad of different ways that we can serve one another. Whenever I make one of my, I'll say, legendary library walkthroughs, you know what I mean, I see a lot of you guys helping each other with an assignment. You get a group of students together, and you're going to have some in that group that get it a little bit better than some of the others do. And the ones that get it are, are serving the others by, by helping them out as you study for a test. You know, there are other ways we can serve that maybe don't get on the front page of the newspaper. Something like maybe just saying hello to somebody or, or paying attention to those who don't get, often get a whole lot of attention paid to them. Now, obviously, this takes getting out of your comfort zone. Because we like to stay within our same group, don't we? The same team, the same uh, club, even the same major. We kind of like to flock together. But nothing great was ever accomplished by staying in your comfort zone, by staying where you're at. When we serve, it becomes... Not about you. It's not about you, and it sure isn't about me. But it becomes about others. Such a thing can unite us in a world that has always, always been sorely divided. So we need to quit focusing so much on each other's differences as we seek to enrich others by serving them, even those who may be different from us. Serve them. So let me ask you, whose day can you make even just a little bit better today? And just go ahead and do it. Don't let fear hold you back. The Bible tells us that the spirit of fear is not from God. Most people think along the lines of, well, whatever interaction that they have with others is something that's going to benefit them. And they operate, they live their lives in that manner. And what it results in, not only in others being made miserable, but even themselves are made miserable when we're always looking out for self and always interacting with others in the way that benefits self. It makes us miserable as well. And I don't want you guys, do not want you guys to be miserable. So what I'm going to challenge you with here today is it's very simple, very simple. Make it your goal. That in any interaction you have with somebody else, that that person somehow, some way, is left better off, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, is left better off than they were before. Even if you just leave them feeling better about themselves, leave them laughing, or, or just leave them feeling better about things in general. I hear that there's some guy on campus that gives out stickers. I tell you what, some of you guys act like I'm, uh, well, I had to explain who Ed McMahon was. Who gives out the Publishers Clearinghouse uh, prize now? 
But some of you guys act like I'm coming at you with a publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes prize. That makes my day. But really, uh, leave others in some way, in some way after an interaction with them, better off than they were before. And maybe it's not possible in all circumstances. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I'll tell you what. If you make that your goal, you're going to find that it's achievable and doable. And you're going to enrich others as well as yourself if you leave others better off in some way than they were before as you serve them. And I'm here to tell you today such is the true mark of service because I think all of us want to be great. But we need to seek to attain the sort of greatness and unity to which Jesus would have us aspire. And he even said, the way to do that is through serving others, leaving others better off than they were before. I made it through. That's all I got. Hey, I thank you guys for having me out here today. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm on my way to Starbucks. And with that being said, you may as well be dismissed.